It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Commanders and Bears got together for a Thursday night football game, technically, while Dan Snyder threatens the rest of the owners in the NFL. The Mariners are on the brink of elimination in what was supposed to be a charmed season. And the Bills will beat the Chiefs in a barn burner. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It is not a game that is going to win any prizes for aesthetics, but the Washington Commanders did win a Thursday night football game that was played. I can prove it. I watched it, unfortunately, 12 to 7. Joining me now from Locked On Commanders, Chris Russell. And, and Chris, um, this game and this win happens on the same day that ESPN drops this massive investigative piece into Dan Snyder. And, and apparently the dirt that he has on uh, Roger Goodell and other owners and, and the threat of all of that. So how are Commanders fans supposed to process a day like today? Well, <laughs> a win is a win, right? And, yeah. and 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 I guess that's the only way you can really look at it, Peter. I, I mean, look, it's not a good win. It's not a clean win. It's not a pretty win. Uh, people are going to still be very upset. They already are upset. Uh, they snatched a victory from the jaws of absolute debacle uh, or uh, <laughs> from the jaws of, a, of an absolute debacle is what I wanted to say. If I could speak in English, but that game was so bad uh, and this team and organization is so bad that I can't even speak English anymore uh, despite doing this for 25 plus years. But the bottom line is, is, you know, again, a win is a win and it's their second win and it was better than losing and blowing that game at the end. As far as the Dan Snyder stuff, I mean, listen, I, I don't even know how many of the players actually knew knew about it going into tonight's game. I just think they're a bad team playing another bad team. And that bad team made more mistakes than the other bad team. And the bad team that won tried to do everything they possibly could to give the other bad team a bad win. And the bad, bad team somehow lost and the bad team won, I think is does that make any sense? Yeah, I think I followed that pretty well. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter because your point was these are two bad teams and, <laughs> and that's the moral of the story. Anyone who watched the game did not have to be told that because we saw it with our eyes. Uh, I was I was struck when Al Michaels, who was on the call mm -hmm. of Thursday Night Football, essentially made the case for Dan Snyder to sell the team. This is right. a... a a, a standard bearer for the NFL in Al Michaels and for an organization that just paid a lot of money to get the rights for the NFL to have someone mm -hmm. like that come out and make a statement like that struck me as pretty, pretty important. Frankly, how, how much do you, th how much closer do you think Dan Snyder is to selling the team today than he was say yesterday? Well, if you believe Dan, he's nowhere closer and he won't sell. And they thought uh, they issued all sorts of statements to anybody that'll take their words and copy them, which I refuse to do, Peter. I just refuse to do it. I'm not doing that. it. Um, so I'm sorry. That's just my stance. 
Uh, and I said that during our episode, uh, our emergency episode of Lockdown Commanders. Um, so I don't think he's any closer to selling it. However, I think that's the only legitimate way to get him out of the NFL is to make his life so miserable. I've been saying this for years. NFL owners, since I, I heard from multiple sources way back in 2016 that NFL owners were were slowly getting aggravated and slowly getting agitated, and nobody wanted to believe me nobody wanted to hear but they they, there's been the writing on the wall forever right and and i know there are many that are long before this report very agitated the question is is how agitated and what are they going to do about it i do not think by any stretch of the imagination i know you're not going to see a vote come up on tuesday at the league meetings that is absurd anybody that thought that was going to happen i don't ever think you're going to see a vote quite honestly because of the risk and the downside to a vote not going in a positive direction and also what dan could potentially do to those owners that he feels dissent against him however again you can continue the avalanche not the colorado avalanche but the avalanche to you know to to just increase the pressure and make dan's life miserable i think that's the best way as far as al sure he's a prominent voice the one thing i thought of his boss is jeff bezos that's who a lot of people around here in washington want to buy the commanders because mm. remember amazon's new headquarters are in northern virginia so there's a I lot of people of connecting. I, I tried to connect that dot on Twitter. It turned out to be a pretty darn popular tweet that Al was paving the road for his current boss, Bezos, to buy the it. commanders. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I got, I just, I don't know how you can have any faith to think that it could happen, but I, I just want to highlight one line from that piece from ESPN. Mm-hmm. And that was Snyder apparently saying, that it is like the mafia NFL owners, everyone hates everyone. And someone else pointing out, no, everyone hates Dan. And I think that speaks to where we are in all of this, that there is a person living in a, in a reality that the rest of the group is not living in. And that makes it very hard to predict what that person is going to do. Chris, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate you. Good to be with you. Stay up to date all year on the Washington Commanders by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Commanders podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Mariners' postseason story is a great one, but it may be coming to an end. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. There's a couple of too close to call point spreads on the docket this week, starting with Saints Bengals. Bet Online currently has the visiting Bengals favored by a point. Meanwhile, the Arizona Cardinals are favored on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Bet Online likes the cards by two and a half. I like Geno Smith in that one. He's playing awesome football. And the Bills and Chiefs square off for the spot on top. Of the AFC Hill, at least for now, Bet Online likes the Bills on the road. Patrick Mahomes, a home dog. I'm taking that. 
two and a half. My goodness. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Another woman has filed a civil lawsuit against Deshaun Watson, alleging the suspended Cleveland Browns quarterback pressured her into oral sex during a massage session in 2020. It is the 26th known lawsuit filed against Watson, accusing him of inappropriate sexual misconduct or sexual assault during massages. In the lawsuit filed Thursday in Harris County, Texas, Watson is accused of soliciting the plaintiff over Instagram with a direct message for a massage at a Houstonian hotel room in Texas in December 2020 while he was a member of the Texans. According to the lawsuit, the plaintiff refused to have sex with Watson. However, he was able to pressure her into oral sex and that Watson paid her $300 for her services although her normal charge was $115 for an hour massage. According to the lawsuit, the plaintiff has suffered from severe depression and anxiety since the alleged incident. Just another ugly turn in what has been a hideous story from the start. Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson, who has taken plenty of the heat for the team's 2-3 and three start, is dealing with pain near his throwing shoulder. He said on Thursday that he's physically ready for Monday night's game against the LA Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Wilson was officially listed as limited on the team's injury report for Thursday's practice, but it was his customary spot with the starters during the open viewing periods. Wilson suffered a muscle injury to his latissimus dorsi in his back near his right shoulder in the second quarter of the Broncos' October 1st loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. Minnesota Twins shortstop Carlos Correa will exercise his opt-out clause and become a free agent. Correa, who hit 291 with 22 home runs, 64 runs batted in, and 70 runs scored in 136 games this season, said now was the time to choose free agency. He said, with the year that I have had, my health and my being at the best moment of my career at 28, that is the best decision. Correa told the El Nueva Dia newspaper in Puerto Rico, Correa remains a controversial figure because of his association with the sign-stealing scandal that tainted the Astros' 2017 World Series title and his adamant defense about the legitimacy of that championship. Before the 2020 season, he told reporters, when you analyze the games, we won fair and square. We earned that championship. Sure, Jan. Speaking of the Astros, Jordan Alvarez did it again, and now Houston is one win away from the ALCS. Hassan with locked on Astros, and the Astros win 4-2. Jordan Alvarez is the hero once again. The Astros overcame a lead that they gave up in 2-1, and the Astros won. They go up 2-0 into Seattle with the possibility of sweeping, a real possibility to sweep this series at ALDS. The Mariners have showed fight, but the Astros have showed to be the stronger team. What a great performance by entire team, top to bottom. Even when their pitchers were walking people, even when they weren't getting on base, Altuve still has yet to get a hit, but still, the Houston Astros win. Jordan Alvarez is truly the MVP of this series. If they were to award an ALDS MVP, Jordan Alvarez would be that guy. Presley came in in the end, looked a little shaky, wasn't throwing strikes, but he got the job done, a double play and a strikeout to end the game. So check out Locked on Astros. Remember, we're your team every day. Go Strokes. 
is another story you need to know. The Seattle Mariners may well be up 2-0 in their ALDS series against the Houston Astros if they could just get Jordan Alvarez out. But they can't. For the second game in a row, a home run by Alvarez is the difference. This one, a two-run jack in a 4-2 Astros win. Joining me now from Locked on Mariners, Ty Dan Gonzalez and Ty. This is a, a roller coaster for Mariners fans who are in a way, just happy to be here, but they're not really just happy to be here. They want to win these games. So what is it like when you have just this one guy who has so far been the boogeyman? Yeah, it's it's incredibly frustrating because I feel like the Mariners have been the better team for most of the series, except for in these key situations. <laughs> like outside of these few little moments, the Mariners have outplayed the Astros. Logan Gilbert was better than Justin Verlander. Luis Castillo was better than Framber Valdez. But then there's just Jordan Alvarez who comes up to the plate and you throw a pitch six inches outside of the zone. And he still hits it out because <laughs> why not? That's the point that we're at here. And it's. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's really frustrating. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I believe a two strike pitch in this case. So it, it's even more just like, what do you, what do you have to do at this point? Uh, and, and so I'll, I'll ask you, yeah, I'll ask you that because <laughs> may, maybe that is just the answer. Give him the Barry Bonds treatment. What do the Mariners have to do? Because as you said, they have been at least just as good in the non Alvarez at bats, the rest of the game. So how do they, how do they break through? Well, I, I think it's one, obviously you got to stop Alvarez because right now the Astros, I mean, this is, we're seeing why the Astros are the Astros, right? We, they're playing at basically their they 106 percentile right now. Yeah. Like Jose Altuve still doesn't even have a hit in the series. Justin Verlander was awful on Tuesday. Like there's so many things going right for the Mariners, but it's just these little moments. And I think the big thing right now for the Mariners in order to get back in the series is to get the bullpen back on track, because this has been one of the best bullpens in baseball, but right now it's getting just simply outmanned by the Astros bullpen. They've been great. They've been able to limit the, uh, the Mariners offense whenever Valdez or Verlander have come out of the game. Meanwhile, the Mariners bullpen has struggled to hold these leads. And of course today is, you know, it's just a one run lead, but you look back, uh, on Tuesday, that was a seven to three lead. Doesn't matter if you're playing the the Astros, the Dodgers, whoever. You should be able to hold a four run lead, especially with the kinds of arms that you have in your bullpen. But right now, Andres Munoz hasn't been very effective over, over his last three outings. Paul Seawald has been an unmitigated disaster. We still haven't seen Eric Swanson, who's like statistically one of the best relievers in all of baseball. I have a uh, sign here that I've been using on our show here. Have you seen this man, Eric Swanson? We're putting out a reward for him. Let's Let's, uh, can we please see him at some point in the series, hopefully in a high level situation? Yeah, so they got to get the bullpen back on track, man. That, that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. So you and your, your co-host had some issues with the way game one was managed. And, and I would say that is putting it diplomatically. Um, this is a team that famously has not been here before. We can't act like we've been here before if we haven't been there before. So I talked to Brett Chancey the other day with, with Lockdown Astros, and, and he felt like th that veteran uh, experience, th these playoff moments, helped build them equity. To what degree do you think not having been there, certainly as a team, is affecting their play so far? I don't think that it's necessarily affecting the players. I think in that one moment, however, in the ninth inning with Scott Service and that decision, that's just getting way too cute in the moment. That's 
you know, I think I'm playing the matchup here, but you're really at the end of the day, ignoring the scouting report. That's what I said after Tuesday's game, when I was at a much higher decibel than I am right now. (laughs) And, you know, you just, you're, you're talking about Robbie Ray who really struggled in Toronto and had just pitched three days before that. And that's a starter. It, takes a lot for a starter to suddenly get into a bullpen role let alone three days after he makes a start and has an absolute awful start one of probably one of the most awful moments of Robbie Ray's career with the Toronto crowd chanting Robbie that whole time like that's got to do some damage to your psyche as a pitcher as well and then to ask him to come out and go up against Jordan Alvarez who's rocking a 183 WRC plus against left-handed pitching it made no sense it made no sense at all that was another opportunity there to use eric swanson who has been good against left-handed uh, left-handed hitting so and remind me where is eric swanson been again i don't know i'm uh, here let's let's can put we, up can the sign again let's carton? remind folks can we get him on a milk yeah carton? yeah yeah they're, they're, see that very accurate uh drawing of him <laughs> right there that that was that was done by yours truly of course you can hit me up for uh any art that you uh you might need uh so yeah i mean it was a terrible decision. It was basically the equivalent of what John Schneider did with the Blue Jays and swapping, you know, and taking out Gossman, putting in a lefty and switching Carlos Santana from the left side to the right side. You're ignoring the scouting report. You're ignoring the numbers. And it's it's really surprising, too, because the Bears have been such a analytically driven team have been such a forward thinking team under Scott service under Jerry DePoto. And that just completely went went against it. That was a move that was just basically vibes. And nothing else. And you lost the game because of it. And you put yourself in a 1-0 hole. And now you're in a 2-hole hole because of it. Stay up to date all year on the Seattle Mariners by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Mariners podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, when Mahomes and Allen get together, the score will be massive and the Bills will win. I'll tell you why coming up. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with over 4 million users. And they just launched over 22 new features, including a new over-unders game integrated right into your fantasy app. You're already using the Sleeper app for your fantasy teams. And if you're not, you should be. It's the best way to do it. I use it. It's a user-friendly app that integrates things like group chats. Who doesn't want a group chat with the people they're in their fantasy football league with? And now you can play their over-under game right from the app. No switching over. Other companies make you switch over apps. There's six different apps that you have to use. Sleeper doesn't do that. Sleeper lets you play your fantasy games and your over-under games in the same app. If you pick two players, let's say, you could pick more than two players, and pick a stat, like rushing yards for a running back, and then you can pick the over or the under. That will win you anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. That is big-time money. Those are bigger payouts than you're going to find just about anywhere else. Plus, as I said, it's already in an app you either are 
or should be using to play fantasy football. Even better, on your mobile phone, join our Sleeper group, sleeper.com slash locked on today, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Go to sleeper.com slash locked on today to get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. This week, we have an early top matchup of AFC Kings. The Buffalo Bills traveled to Arrowhead to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Peacock and Williamson give us their picks, and the score is high. I got Buffalo winning this one 44-43. I don't care who the defenses are. I just think when these quarterbacks get rolling, it's just, you know, uh, Ollie Frazier, you know, haymaker after haymaker just landing them. So you're taking those couple of points for the Buffalo Bills then is what you're saying? I want the Chiefs plus the points, but I like the over in a big way. That's for sure. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Buffalo's favored on the road. Yeah, Kansas City's a tough place to play. So, oh, man. Yeah, home dog when a t- team is as good as the Kansas City Chiefs, two four and one teams, you know, kind of feels coin flippy. Let's just have fun. If you're going to get a couple points, take those points and, and let's have fun with this one. Um, but yeah, and you look at composite rankings and it's, Bills, Chiefs, one and two. The Eagles are in there. The Niners are in there. Niners have the best defense, but their offense hasn't been as good as those three teams. And I think the Bills are two on offense, two on defense. The Chiefs, I mean, this is fun. This is what it's all about. I'm not picking against the Chiefs right now. The Bills have been the best team in football all season, but Patrick Mahomes is right now playing quarterback at a higher level than anyone else. And that's without Tyreek Hill. I think this offense is only going to either stay hot or get better as they continue to integrate Guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster. They've got a slew of backs in the backfield, a really strong offensive line. They are playing offense like Tyreek Hill never left. You are not going to tell me that they're going to lose a game at home. Certainly not as underdogs. Two and a half points at home that they are getting? At the very least, give me those points, and I'm going to feel awesome about it. Patrick Mahomes, right now, the MVP of the National Football League if the season ended today, at least for me. So, at home, yeah, I'm taking that guy. And finally, remember that roughing the passer call on Grady Jarrett when he sacked Tom Brady? Well, after further review, Tom Brady tried to kick Jarrett as both players were getting up, but he didn't make contact. Fines for kicking are 10500 for a first defense and 1550 for a second. That'll teach him you just can't get every penalty call in your favor and have a kick too. It sounded like cake. Not my best. That's all right. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on Monday show, who had the best week in week six? So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.